Thomas A. Edison History Stories Collection Thomas A. Edison was born in 1847 at Malin, Ohio. His father's people were Dutch and his mother's were Scotch. When he was seven years of age, his parents removed to Port Huron, Michigan. Edison owed his early training to his mother's care. At the age of 12, he was reading such books as Gibbon's Decline and Fall of the Roman Empire, Hume's History of England, Newton's Principia, and Ure's Dictionary of Science. The last named book was too full of mathematics for him. That Edison was a great reader is proved by his resolution to read all the books in the Detroit Free Library. He did finish 15 feet of volumes before anyone knew what he was doing. In 1862, General Grant fought the terrible battle of Pittsburgh Landing. Everybody wanted to hear the news. Edison bought a thousand newspapers, boarded a train, and the, and the engineer allowed him a few minutes at each station to sell papers. As the first station came in sight, Edison looked ahead and saw a wild crowd of men. He grabbed an armful of papers, rushed out, and sold forty before the train left. At the next station, the platform was crowded with a yelling mob. He raised the price to ten cents, but sold one hundred fifty. Finally, he reached Port Heron. The station was a mile from town. Edison seized his papers. He met the crowd coming just as he reached a church where a prayer meeting was being held. The prayer meeting broke up, and, and though he raised his price to 25 cents, he took in a young fortune. Edison began very early to make experiments in, in electricity. After rigging up a line at home, hitching the wire to the legs of a cat, and rubbing the cat's back vigorously, he saw the failure of his first experiment. The cat would not stand. At Mount Clemens one day, young Edison saw a child playing on the railroad with his back to an oncoming freight train. He dashed at the child and both tumbled to the ground at the roadside. For this act of bravery, the telegraph operator gave him lessons in telegraphy. He studied ten days, then disappeared. He returned with a complete set of telegraphic instruments made by his own hand. After his trade was learned, he began a period of wandering as a telegraph operator. For many boys still in their teens, this would have been a time of destruction, but Edison neither drank nor smoked. He wandered from Adrian to Fort Wayne, Indianapolis, Cincinnati, Memphis, and Boston, stopping for shorter or longer periods at each place. By the time he was 22, he had invented and partly finished his plan of sending two dispatches along the same wire at the same time. This was equal to doubling the number of wires in use. Edison was a poor boy and, and was two or three hundred dollars in debt. He went from Boston to New York. The speculators in Wall Street were wild with excitement for the electric machinery had broken down. Nobody could make it work. Edison pushed his way to the front, saw the difficulty, and at once removed it. All were loud in their praise of Edison. On the next day, he was engaged to take charge of all the electric machinery at $300 per month. After a time, he joined a company and gave his time to work out inventions. The company finally sent a number of men to ask Edison how much he would take for his inventions. He had already decided to save $5,000. 
but when the man came, he said that he did not know. He was dumbfounded when they offered him $40,000. In 1873, Edison established his first laboratory or workshop in Newark, New Jersey. Here he gathered more than 300 men to turn out the inventions pertaining to electricity, which his busy brain suggested. They were all as enthusiastic over the inventions as Edison himself. No fixed heirs of labor in this shop. When the day's work was done, the men often begged to be allowed to return to the shop to complete their work. Many telegraph and telephone inventions were made in this laboratory. There were 45 inventions, all told. They brought in so much money that Edison decided they must have a better place to work. He built at Menlo Park, New Jersey. 24 miles from New York City, the finest laboratory then in the world. On instruments alone, he spent 100000 In the great laboratory at Menlo Park, Edison gathered one of the finest scientific libraries that money could buy. This library was for the men in the factory to help them in their inventions and to give them pleasure. The microphone is one of Edison's inventions. Its purpose is in to increase sound while sending it over the wire. The passing of a delicate camel's hair brush is magnified so as to seem like the roar of a mighty wind in a forest of giant pines. Next came the megaphone, an instrument to bring far away sounds to one's hearing. By means of this instrument, persons talking a long distance apart are able to hear each other with ease. The phonograph, which can reproduce the human voice and other sounds almost perfectly, was invented by Edison in 1876. Sounds reach the ear by means of airwaves, which the sounding body sets in motion. In Edison's first phonograph, these waves struck a bit of taut parchment and were marked by needle on a tinfoil disc. But tinfoil does not hold its shape well. In 1888, Edison patented a better phonograph in which the record was made on a wax stick disc. Phonograph records were later made with 100 grooves to an inch. Each groove was not more than four one-thousandths of an inch deep. Lever tipped with sapphire cuts the grooves. Its tiny marks have been photographed, one way of seeing a sound. The phonograph was used for amusement. It preserved the voices of great singers for the future. With it, songs and bits of folklore collect were collected in languages that were dying out. Edison has put into practical use many principles discovered by other men. He does not claim to be the discoverer of the electric light. He did much, however, to make it useful to people in lighting their houses and also in lighting great cities. In the winter of 1880, in Menlo Park, Edison gave to the public an ex exhibition of his electric light. Visitors came from all parts of the country to see this wonderful show. 700 lights were put up in the streets and inside the buildings. Edison had produced a much better light than any that had been used before. Edison also had a part in another invention for which Americans can claim most of the credit, moving pictures. A dispute about horse racing did most of the discovery of moving pictures. The question was whether a horse ever had all four feet off the ground at once. To settle it, Edward Moybridge, an employee of the government, was called in. 
He stretched cords, fastened to the shutters of a row of cameras across the racetrack. As the horse ran past, it took its own pictures. Later, Moybridge made a camera which would take pictures very quickly, but he could not show his pictures well. Edison, in 1892, invented a camera which used long strips of celluloid film. These pictures were looked at through a slot by one person at a time. Another government worker, C. Francis Jenkins, invented the first complete moving picture machine in 1894. At first, people were slow to welcome the new kind of play. Later, it became very popular. In the war, each army had its own moving picture cameraman. They took pictures of ships torpedoed, of airplane battles, and of the fighting among the icy peaks of the Alps often at great danger to their own lives. Great events of world history, like the signing of the armistice, can now be recorded for future times. Such pictures teach us things that cannot easily be learned from books.